we're just going to talk nerdy stuff. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to go, we will not babble. Yes, we will. <laughs> no, we, we, yeah, won't behind... be, we won't BS too much. <laughs> yeah, we will. Like, that's not going to change. We're changing the name of the podcast and a little bit about what we, well, we're not changing what we talk about. We talk about it anyway. Yeah, we're just changing, like, the branding. You know, like, the, you know, Jonathan's this business person and I'm this YouTuber person. Yeah, well, both of us are awful at branding, apparently, because uh, we, we haven't changed it in, like, a whole season. So we yeah, we've decided to do it. Yeah. So welcome to what was formerly known as the Notion Nerds and is now known as the PKM Podcast. Ta-da! Because we are no longer Notion nerds. Not because we don't know Notion, but because we just don't use it, basically. I mean, well, I mean, I use it for the team, but. Begrudgingly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, damn it, I gotta use this thing. It's not a bad tool. um, But as you will probably gather, like, if you're new to the podcast, we we speak our minds. We're very honest, very blunt. And if you have a a disagreeing opinion, please let us know. Uh, Both of us are on Twitter. I'm very active on Twitter. Jonathan is sometimes active on Twitter, sharing (laughs) gifts and stupid words. (laughs) Um, And this is banter. This isn't insulting. Okay. Oh, yeah. We really should clarify that for new people who are coming on. We spend this is British humor. Basically, we either are self-deprecating or being horrible assholes to each other. That's how British humour works. Yes, yes. And both of us understand it. So if we insult each other, it's actually a compliment. Per- yes. Perfect, perfect logic. You asshole. Thank you. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like Let's do a fancy intro. You're an asshole. Thank you. <laughs> That epitomizes these conversations. And, and by imagine. the way, when 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 we say this is a, a semi-serious, sometimes we have serious conversations. It's not just us prattling about. Um, but we like to bring a bit of lightheartedness to the conversation rather than you just sitting there as like, this is a lecture that I need to listen to. No, no, you can throw that in the Bruno bin. Um, which yes, is, the Bruno yeah. bin. Throw it in the Bruno bin. That is a reference to Enchanted. Is it Enchanted? Is that the thing? Encanto. Encanto. I mean, Ah, yeah, actually, strictly speaking, I think it is Enchanted in another language. So that would be, I think you're right. Bruno, the the people that we don't talk about, the Bruno bin, that's the reference. So it's kind of like a, hey, here's a topic. Let's just put that in the Bruno bin for now because we're not going to talk about it. So we're going to go through some of the topics we've spoken about in previous episodes and what we will probably expand on in future episodes. Um, and I'm going to start off with the most um, Bruno Bin topic, which is mm. ecological dynamics and information processing, which is very sciencey. And oh. we Bruno Bin that thing a lot, but it will be coming to the surface a little bit more as, as uh, the conversations can evolve from me just saying stuff and John going, cool. Yeah. Cool. Actually, do, do you want to do a bit of background, actually, of who we are for people that are new? Oh, yeah. Suppose that, that would have been smart, wouldn't it? That might have been. You can start. Um, hi, I'm Danny Hatcher, and I'm a recovering academic. <laughs> recovering academic? <laughs> you're I'm not so, a recovering but... academic because you're going straight back in there again. That's, that's why I said recovering. Like, I'm, I'm obviously, like, relapsing. <laughs> you're, you're a relapsing academic. 
Yeah, um, so my background, uh, I have an undergraduate uh, degree in sports coaching, BSc, and then I have a postgraduate master's degree in strength and conditioning, which is basically uh, a, a personal trainer, but for elite athletes, so GB athletes, international athletes, and you just sit in a gym and put weights on a bar all day. That's not it. That's me being sarcastic for SNC coaches out there. Um, and then I'm starting a PhD. Yeah, I know, triggered. Um, and then I'm starting a PhD in the the easiest way to say it is learning science, which is pedagogy slash andragogy. But yeah, which covers epistemology, ontology, psychology, ecological dynamics, information processing, cognitive science and psychology and loads of other topics that I'm just going to stop now because John's going to talk about his business. I was like, okay. just slowly and surely just goes on and on and on and on. Oh, Danny's gone. Hi, Danny. Danny. But now, yeah, so I'm Jonathan Stewart. I run Simplicity Specialist and I help business owners create businesses that fit their brains instead of trying to force themselves into doing things that everybody else tells them to do because it's boring. And why would you not create a business that actually fits you, allowing you to use tools that fit you and your brain, as well as have business models and all the lovely stuff. I've been in business for 10 years and I had the pleasure of working with multi six-figure businesses half the time has been me helping them get to that and yeah I'm kind of a little bit excited to be a little bit more nerdy than I normally would um on my own podcast oh yeah we have our own stuff too you may oh, yeah, that, that's a thing about that as well <laughs> we, we are professional you can, tell, you can tell I'm the business one here you can tell I'm the business one here Danny just goes on a whole train of thought to just going that way i'm like having the nice concise messaging and then like danny you didn't talk about where we can where people can find you i was i was leaving the introductions first you know like youtube and stuff but i would imagine people have found us on the internet to hear us you know it's kind of like an assumption it's implicit um but yeah we have a podcast obviously because that's why it's called the podcast which is found everywhere uh if you want to watch our faces and all of our hand gestures uh, you, yes it is basically everywhere because that's where it put i don't know the actual platforms i only use spotify okay um but yeah youtube youtube is has got the links to my youtube channel john's dead youtube channel and website uh and then <laughs> okay hang on let me just clarify here <laughs> The YouTube channel is not dead. It's preserved for integrity. And the website purgatory. is definitely not dead. Thank you. It's in purgatory. <laughs> yeah, purgatory. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. Uh, yeah. So YouTube, if you want to watch us, uh, as in our faces, YouTube, that's that's it has the raw footage like just dumped in. Um, there is literally no editing. There's no cutting because we believe in just raw conversation but we don't really have many gaps i mean i people moan at the speed that i speak at anyway so i think you're a nice like i was gonna say refresher but you speak just as quickly sometimes so. yeah <laughs> yeah no i'm not i'm not um a refresher we basically ramble the entire time like we are right now well, you do take like breaks when you're speaking you take breaks to think about something and then you go whereas i'm just like blah at people <laughs> <laughs> that might be the theater kid in me of like hello i'll just talk for an extended period of time i never stop talking until i suddenly just need to breathe <sighs> yeah it's pretty much me. Yeah. so um bringing up some other topics that we've spoken about before extended cognition which is really fun <laughs> which yes. is essentially building a second brain 
like for, for, for those of you coming in, you are probably familiar with building a second brain or linking your thinking or those sorts of frameworks. Um, what's what's a PPV? I was going to say, what's the bald guy? But August Bradley remembered his name. Um, yeah, PPV. <laughs> you, you did really well there. You were like, oh, what's the bald guy? Oh, yeah. August Bradley. Like, oh, that, yeah, that's the mental cue that's that I had. You know, that's, that's how memory works. You have a cue which triggers the memory. And bald guy is how I remember August Bradley. Hi, August, if you're listening um <laughs> hello uh, so yeah building a second brain pkm all that sort of like knowledge management stuff is encompassed in extended cognition and andy clark's work and we can go into the science as well because that's always good fun oh yeah but, you'll, you'll always kind of approach things from a science perspective and i will i suppose come at it more from a gen pop business perspective i think gen pot's a little bit offensive for me to say that but do you want to explain that term? I like the term because it's a term I'm familiar with, but we... Yes, yeah, true. Yeah, That's general true. So population. Gen, explain yeah, it. so gen pop is general population. Those for the people who are not like incredibly hyper-science nerds and who are not in academics, who are just people who are interested, but don't have like this, or don't have a desire to learn every single flipping name under the sun. That's really complicated and don't want to look at articles and all the lovely papers and stuff that that we kind of get a bit nerdy on yeah and you will notice i went mm, i made a silly noise because i want to challenge it i want to poke holes um oh and yes we will poke holes in each other as much as possible yeah so i want to poke holes in, in that a little bit um what i my philosophy epistemological approach ontological approach whatever you want to call it um towards academia is slightly different from traditional because i i've i didn't come up with this term but i like this term of internet academic because when you look all the way back at what academia was it was an academy i.e a group of people having a discussion around a complex topic typically an abstract topic and looking for synthesis and critique to then move the conversation forwards that then expanded into institutions, i.e. universities, colleges, schools, blah, blah, blah. But now you have academies, groups of people on the internet, in forums, in loads of different places, and the research isn't hidden behind walls. Yes, it's hidden yeah. behind paywalls, but we can get there. Sci-Hub, we both use it. Um, so there is an ongoing conversation in communities. So I would class most of us as internet academics, because technically, by the, the rules of academia, I'm not an academic because I have never published an academic article. I haven't published one. Um, I'm, and I definitely am not an academic, seeing as I haven't been in academia since, well, about halfway through college, which I left. We're both from the UK. So can you just clarify what college is? I have no clue. <laughs> How old were you? I'm assuming it's sixth form. Yeah, sixth form. Ah, yeah. yeah, sixth form. Yeah, I was going to say, I assume it's sixth form, so like 18, 19. So that's not quite college in other countries. No. Yeah, but that's why I was like, clarification, because when people hear college, it's not quite the same. Because Oh, it's uni, is isn't it? it? What we class as uni. Yeah, no, so it's just before college. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's why I wanted clarification, because I'm like, you're, you're not that old. Yes, I am. We don't have grey hairs yet. And there's there's a guy playing for my football team. I'm not even going to say it. The s word. Um, my football team. Um, and he's going grey and he's 23. 
Oh, bless. Yeah. He's got black hair as well, so it's really, really obvious. Yikes. Yeah, I feel bad. So um, we've gone through academia. What What is an academic a little bit? Um, uh, uh, yeah, th- this is me spearheading ourselves back to our well semi-script bullet-pointed thing. We've gone up and down, so you know what? I'm going to turn these into tick boxes. I'm using Obsidian, by the way. Um, I'm going to turn these into tick boxes, so I know what we've talked, what we spoke about, or what we haven't. <laughs> uh, calling out BS. Yeah, we do that a lot. Tools. <clears throat> we'll, we'll go with yes. that one next because I just said Obsidian. I use yeah. Obsidian. I use yeah. Morgan, and that, that that's about it. Yeah, I use many more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I'm a don't, bit of a... Don't give us a list, because we'll be here for no, a while. We will be here for a while. <laughs> a long, long, long time. Yeah, um, <clears throat> we're very much... Although both of us use Obsidian, when we don't really care about what tools you use. Not really. As long as agnostic. the tools you use are working... Yeah, we are very tool agnostic. As long as the tools that you use fit you and work for you, we couldn't give a... We... You are going to say rat's ass. Yeah, couldn't give a rat's ass otherwise, um, because tools that's are a saying. Big. Yeah, <laughs> Clarif- yeah. clarification. Yeah. That's a saying. Yeah, that's a saying. Yeah, we couldn't give a rat's ass about what tools you use because the tools are just the vehicles that you decide to drive in, and you probably will never hear a X tool versus Y tool when we talk because what is the point? And we will this never say which one's better. <laughs> <laughs> for our way of working yes why did you have to add the context it's this it's not as triggering then you know you, you need you need to be controversial that that's how you get the algorithms Danny, we are going to be controversial without even trying no we're not Monty Python argument sketch. Is it? This is an argument. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Hopefully, people get that reference. Otherwise, I just, I just <laughs> hope people will. Monty Python argument. Let's sketch. make Google sure it. we don't ramble too much. We should probably have an intro that's just a little bit shorter. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it is, Danny. It is a shorter intro. Well, it was a shorter intro. We're now in the episode. You see, you got like oh, the. We're, we're peeing in the episode. Point, evidence, explain. I had to do that on the page. Like at school, we were always told like, pee on the paper, point, evidence, explain. Yeah. Yeah, we're peeing in the episode. We're, I think we're there's another peas. one now. I think there's another one now. There's oh, there's so many. The there's so many. Well, I, I was speaking to people from like uh, America and Canada and other countries and they have like completely different letters. I'm like, AIS, what? ACC, what? P. Much easier. Um, so now we're triple P's. We're 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 P professional podcasters. So we're we're wait, are we we're peeing on the PP? <laughs> there we go. Ah, um, we've lost everybody. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, atomic visuals is the next point on our bullet list. Uh, mm-hmm. This was this was a recent point brought up in the linking your thinking conference from. I can't remember her name. Laura, I think, is her name. Well, Atomic Visuals. Obsidian. That's literally what I'm doing on my keyboard right now, which you would, you could see. Yeah, Laura Evans Hill is the creator of the. I would say create, not creator of the idea, but the creator of like the 
the wording because I haven't seen anyone else use atomic visuals. I've seen lots of people say verbal to visual or use visuals or visual mapping or mind mapping or concept mapping, blah, 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 blah. But I haven't seen atomic visuals anywhere apart from her work. Um, so yeah, I, I came across that work and it was really interesting, really useful. I don't agree with all of it, but that's the same with most things. <laughs> like there's going to be nuance, there's going to be context and they're the sorts of things that we'll be talking about. So there's yeah, a absolutely. Con context, context is where we will always explore. And actually um, <clears throat> atomic visuals or a form of that is coming into business far more mm -hmm. um, than it used to, which is quite cool. I know of a couple of people who, are, who do atomic notes oh sorry <clears throat> atomic visuals um for conferences and stuff so perhaps we can uh, have that wonderful <laughs> also another thing we'll be talking about is how amazing the Feynman technique is <laughs> so no, I, mean, I went on atomic notes and you started fuming so i'm like right <laughs> right Right, no, we're no longer friends. <laughs> End of the episode. Yeah, finished. <laughs> the PKM podcast, the shortest podcast that's ever existed. How did, how did it end? One of them said Feynman Technique. <laughs> and that was it forever. Yeah, so a bit of explanation. The Feynman technique is a technique not endorsed by Richard Feynman, who it's named after. He doesn't agree with it. There is no research to support it. And everything that, like all the bullet points, it's like, oh, talk, explain to a five-year-old. No, it's useless. Um, zone of proximal development. Yeah. Um, using, using teaching to help learning, yes, that's useful. That's dialogic learning. That's not the Feynman technique. They're different things. I'm not doing a rant. No, stop. Bruno bin that thing. So, um, yeah. Uh, why did you say it? At uh, atomic notes? I've completely skipped researcher, but <laughs> atomic notes. <laughs> um, oh, I went there. <clears throat> yeah, is one of those things that, again, there, there is this ongoing discussion in the PKM world of do you take atomic notes or do you take longer notes? What is an atomic note? Is it a concept? Is it an idea? What's included? What's the format? And loads of other things. And then is it a Zettel? Moving into Zettelkasten, what is that? Should you use that? How do you use that? Evergreen notes, structured notes, NOCs, index, blah, 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 etc. word vomit. Um <laughs> there's no end so we'd figured hey let's let's talk about this stuff and and go backwards and forwards between it yeah because also there's it's quite <clears throat> moving on to the next net route note taking in business the business world is is quite a lot different to the world that we inhabit as in collaboratively in terms of how business owners thinks about note thinks about note taking and how they think about note taking and how it's not really a big priority in business not mm. to the same degree as what we discuss and how amazing actual you know the whole entire idea of extended cognition is just not talked about it's forever talked about in in pk in the pkm world in different ways in different forms but it's never brought into the business form which is kind of what i am bringing into this conversation is around how we can pull some of the concepts from personal knowledge management and bringing them into business to help people run a business that help that is supportive to them systems are often seen as this thing that has to fix them whereas i, I truly believe that in the pkm space it's about supporting you 
rather than trying to make you better at doing something it's about being a support it's a it's part of your support network around you to help you do what you want i was i was just thinking for those of you watching youtube whenever i'm looking in different directions i'm going in my head to a different place um not quite mind palace but sort of that like anyway um i was thinking of an atomic visual uh, with regards to, like you've got like the business knowledge learning science pkm up here and yeah. that's where the podcast is it's sort of like right in the middle where it's it's, it's it's right there yeah absolutely mm-hmm. it's it's bringing both sides together which i don't think is done no well it's sort of done implicitly in conversations but there isn't an explicit place to find it hence the podcast uh, and yeah, and with regards to uh, the podcast, what we're speaking on, collaboration, like contributing to the conversation. That's exactly why John and I speak every Saturday, because both of us move forwards in different directions. John, more business, me, more science. And we sort of center it around like how are we actually doing this as a practitioner, as someone that uses these things. But for example, Obsidian released the Obsidian Sync collabor- Collaborative Vault last week. And now both of us are using it to script out this video. So we're using a sync vault inside of Obsidian. <laughs> script. Uh, yeah, yeah. Bullet point. Uh, outline, as LogSeq users love to point out to me. LogSeq is an outliner. Obsidian is not. Yes, it can be, but we won't get onto that because we're not arguing today much. <laughs> Much-ish. So yeah, that's uh, that's a point that wasn't on there, but I brought up anyway. Uh, yes, uh, extended cognition. Why haven't you ticked it off? We got a winky face. We got a winky face, and we've spoken about it. <laughs> that was always a winky face. Yeah, I know, but we've spoken about it. You've got to tick it off. We need to change the colours of the ticks. It's purple. I don't like it. Yeah, no, me neither. I want it to be the correct colour. Orange. Actually, what hex what hex code is yours? What hex code is your orange? Um, don't tell me you don't know off the top of your head. You're gonna, you're gonna find seven two two two. Okay, mine's FF eight eight zero zero or um, the lighter color, but the, mm, I prefer the FF eight one. It's just a little bit more vibrant. But anyway, that's a, that's a conversation for another time. Anyway, th- these are the sorts of things. They're like tangent, tangent. That's why my phone has a squirrel on it. Anyway, yeah. that originated back- from us. <laughs> Yes, yes. It is really good artwork as well. Um, it, yeah, it's a squirrel holding an orange. I couldn't quite remember what it was holding. Why did I even bother? Like, orange, duh. So, researcher. We spoke about academics earlier, or academic as being an academic, but researcher. What does it mean to be a researcher? And I think this is one of those things in the PKM space that needs to be not necessarily defined, uh, but explored more thoroughly, because everyone researches Everyone that's done a YouTube video researches to some point because you typing something in on Google is researching. (laughs) So is that a professional researcher? No, but what does that mean? What does professional researcher mean? I don't think there is one. Uh, So I think we all research just to a different extent, to a different depth, which is where PKM comes in. Yeah. I think we actually did a podcast episode on that. Mm -hmm. Research. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it, I, yeah, RE search just for reference, which is why he emphasized the read it. Uh, and I think research in general, because we all do it, is, is a skill. 
I think it's a skill that evolves over time. Uh, and John, actually, maybe maybe share your story because you weren't uh, what I would class as internet academic. You were more of a mm. PKM user. And then after our conversations, you were like, you know what? Let's have a go. So, yeah. So I came from like in the business world. I have, uh, oh yeah, probably more context. I have a family. I have two young children, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm not just a business owner. I'm also a father, a parent, a you know, all the lovely things. Um, <clears throat> so I have quite a lot of responsibilities that take my time. And so for me, as I was coming into the conversation, I always wanted to do more research, traditional research based, but timing was never something that I had um, until I started interacting more with Danny. And I'm like, well, I was really intrigued about combining what I love to do and all of the work that I have, as well as doing more deep level research of going into a much going more deeper and going beyond just a Google and, and a blog article, which honestly I never liked in the first place, but it was quicker most of the time, but it lost a lot of the context. <clears throat> and as I grew my business, I was looking more for context versus just what's re-sprouting what everybody else says. And it's always not quite right. And there's missing contexts. And so I was like, after talking to Danny, I'm like, well, I kind of want to give this a go. And shift my focus away from just storing my ideas which is where I started I started in Notion and I was kind of storing ideas versus actually taking them using them figuring stuff out and more passive storage into a more active role of like okay let's take what I have and do something with it and kind of bring it into part of what I do in my work as well and so that's when I started diving deeper into research and you and I switched to obsidian and now I'm much more of an active researcher no I don't spend all my time researching I can't um <clears throat> but research does play a part in everything that I create and produce and work with and yeah so so if if I understand your story correctly because obviously we, we, we've sort of lived through it. So I'm trying to like recall what you were yes. like beforehand. You didn't look at academic articles, meta-analysis, systematic reviews. Those terms were just foreign to you. Um, yes, absolutely. And then Sci-Hub as well. You were like, what's this thing? Uh, what, what made you want to, what, what, what put you over the edge to go, oh, this academic research thing, isn't this locked door that I shouldn't step behind because I'm not at university? What made you actually go and explore? It was, <clears throat> I was under the impression I couldn't explore unless I was in in, in university. Um, that was the original thought. I was like, well, I can't do this because I'm not, I'm not doing a PhD. I'm not doing any sort of academics work. So I can't do that. There's no use and value for me by doing that, which I realized now was completely incorrect and not necessary and was just, you know, that's what started me off. I was like, oh, well, if I can do it, then I'm going to go do it. If, if I have more information that I can use, then why the heck wouldn't I go and play and see what it is? Now, half the time, I don't agree with most of what's said, which is great and lovely. Um, but it gives me an additional perspective that I can take into my work and allows me just to expand what I know instead of just staying with what I believe. Because it's more interesting when I find new things that contradict myself ed is definitely one of them and i'm like oh yes and no i hate it um <clears throat> it's much more interesting when you can have conflicting views because there is no 
answer when it comes to how the brain works because nobody knows and I think that's the fun part of being a coach is being able to bring that into your work and being able to take from different playing with different methodologies different understandings different levels and ideas and seeing what works because that's what my role is in my business to help 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 my clients understand how they work so that their business can fit them and so it was a bit of a no-brainer of like yeah I'm gonna go research and find out more about how the brain works and all the different pieces of the brain do I understand half the stuff that's being said no do I need to not really Google is very helpful (laughs) except it's very dangerous because then I go down a four-hour rabbit hole of too many things I, I guess from from someone that's been in academia for seven years now uh, and when I say academia I mean like institutional academia not internet academia um, I'm very familiar with how articles are written I'm very familiar with the structure the searching like what's a good article what's not a good article what to look for what not to look for how to read an article what to find what stats mean what methods mean etc 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 um, how did you get over that overwhelm of looking at an article going, I don't understand what this first sentence says. I don't know what all of these reference things mean. And I don't know how to find what I'm looking for. How did you get over that hump? Yeah, so <clears throat> I I knew what a reference was. I had an understanding of what that, I, what that actually is. In terms of how did I understand like the structure, most of it was just fumbling through it and figuring it out and coming to you and asking questions and just going, hey, what the heck? Am, like, it was really interesting because you were doing it much further ahead. And you're like, oh, you just need to look at this, this and this. And I'm like, oh, cool. I don't have to read every single page up until the references then. Huh. Well, that's just saved me hours of time. I think there's a lot. There's, there was a misconception I had when I first started around. I had to read every single thing treating it like a book where I read every single page of said book, um, which was not actually very valuable. And just being able to just go straight through and skim it most mm. of the time. These days I skim the introduction a little and just see what's in the middle. If there's anything that pokes out at me and then I go to the end and I've got what I needed because it's much easier that way. And some of these things are hundred plus pages and I'm just like, yeah, no, I, I can't sit in the living room with my kids playing Animaniacs in the background trying to concentrate on this stuff. I've tried. It does not work. Um, so tried and tested. My, tried and tested, and I can tell you I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, so that's what you're saying right there epitomizes first-year uni students. And I think a misconception that happens when someone says first year uni student, the immediate character that comes to most people's mind is like 18 year old, 19 year old, 20 year old student that sort of wants to learn, doesn't really care, wants to get drunk a bit and mess around. But that's not true because there are a lot of mature students that go in first year that have the same issues. I mean, there was someone in my cohort, I think it was 53 when we started and he looked at an academic article and just like you, he was like, he had to read the whole thing. Uh, And because I had read articles before I started my degree, luckily, <laughs> otherwise I would have been like same as everyone else, really. Uh, he, he was reading through these articles and the pre-reading for lessons, our lecturer would say, hey, here's five articles, get an understanding of them. And Ooh. this, yeah, this mature student would read through every single word. And I'm like, just read the abstract, 
read a bit of the introduction to get background literature and then just read the discussion and the conclusion. Like if you want to look at the methods, go for it. If you need to understand more of the literature, then just read more of the introduction. Uh, but instead of reading like 50, 60 pages, you end up reading like four or five. Yeah. But those sorts of things are things that university students learn that I think we could teach everyone and anyone that you, you don't have to be in a university to do that. And that's the internet academic way, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it's actually, <clears throat> it, it brings it forward to be possible for everyone not just those who spend all their time in the PK. I think it's really important to bring that back forward yeah. for the vast majority of people who are listening to the podcast will be PKMers, And they are people who are already very much into that. But there is also another side. If you are a coach and are helping other business owners to, or people to do this kind of stuff, it's really important to <clears throat> make sure they understand the misconceptions as well. I think you had a whole, thing that we you've done you did a whole lovely bit of research on that one so i'm not even going to try but it's really important to actually remember that we start from a place of not knowing what the heck we're doing and just slowing down the learning often it's very much when whenever in the pkm play oh i want to i want to improve my pkm i want to do this what app should i use what tool should i use what this should i use what that should i use and often what happens in this space is that everyone shows the most complicated system in the world because and my assumption here is that it looks impressive and funny and funky and amazing and cool whereas quite frankly sometimes all someone needs is a couple of folders and a place to get started and I think that's really important in the PKM space yes we can be nerdy and go really deep into Zettelkasten and index notes and all the other stuff we talk about but that block is not references, you know, block references and all that lovely, lovely stuff that we love. But also there is a place for just the simple stuff um, because that will help more people to explore the PK, PKM world because it's incredibly valuable to be able to extend our cognition beyond just what's in here because often business owners spend all their time feeling really really overwhelmed and they just don't know what to do about it and then they come to find out how to organize themselves and then you get all these freaking paras and codes and this and that and ppv and jkl and nmnop and the, it becomes really overwhelming so they're now having to overwhelm themselves further to be able to not overwhelm themselves when really it's a case of just getting it out of your head. And that's where PKM starts is just taking it from in here and externalizing it, extending it, if you would. Mm. To, to put some science behind that cognitive load theory, working memory theory from Badley and cognitive load theory from Sweller. Uh, if you're interested, if not, never mind. I've got a, I've got a page on that on Obsidian Published, so feel free to explore. Uh, <laughs> oh, it is really cool. And exploring cognitive load theory is really cool with my clients because I do do it. I do actually make them do that as an exercise. And they're like, oh, I basically spend half my, half my time full. Yeah. And you wonder why you're not able to do anything. What would you use as a reference for cognitive load theory? It's like, is there an image or something that you point people towards? It's quite literally. So the exercise I say is to literally just spend some time reflecting. Some people love to write it down. 
some people just want to do it in their head which is hilarious because then they just have more them. but you know um it's like trying to get the boundaries and it, it's it's an, a numerical scale it's like so where do you feel you are by the end of the day is it a zero or is it a 10 where do you feel you are on the fullness of you like in your head how full do you feel and it's really simplified but it's a nice way of yeah. starting that yeah it's yeah it's just interesting because measuring cognitive load theory or measuring measuring cognitive load is very very difficult and i'm not going to go into the science behind it but cognitive load theory is on the ip side of like learning information processing side of learning yeah. and there's a lot of arguments for and against it, but it's a nice model to use to help manage energy, which is obviously what you're looking to do with a Likert scale. Um, Likert scale being like a zero to 10 normally. Yeah. Um, and so and yeah. actually they, they, they often choose their numbers as well. So if they're not sure they're going to do zero to 10 or is it zero to seven? Where are you? Like, what is your numbers? Where's your trying to grab the boundaries of where they are? It's how I visualize it um, for them. And then that's pretty helpful for them to see where they are on the scale and like, I'm all the way up here most of the time. Okay, so how does that feel? Like just a lot of reflective exercise because it's really valuable and it helps people to figure out where they actually are because often we're just told to do more and think more and not actually do something with it. And just oh, psychology, Kolb cycle, all that lovely stuff. All that lovely stuff. Tags and folders. Which one do you yeah. use? Should you use them? The ever, the ever going question that never has an answer because there isn't one. I have an answer. It depends. Mic drop. <laughs> Don't drop it because then everyone will hear it. <laughs> okay. See, mine's on a boom arm, so I can't drop it. Um, unlike unlike John, I have very rare technical issues, but John loves to have technical issues with his. What is that mesh bin holding up the mic? Yeah, it's a bin. Yeah. 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 It's, for, for those of you that can't see, it looks like a mesh bin, but really, really It is small. a mesh bin. It, it actually is just a tiny mesh bin that it's sat in. I have all this really nice technical gear around me, and I hold my mic in a mesh bin. And it's actually a good mic. <laughs> it is a very good mic. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the tech guru over there actually has more technical issues than the uh, weird academic nerd over here. So uh, I, I'm happy with that. I just set it up and go. John's like, oh, I've got a new toy. I've got new software. I need to update this. I use like 10,000 terabytes of memory on loads of hard drives because I back up everything like 30 times. Oh, Dustin, do you want to go with a backup conversation? <laughs> I don't do backups. I don't need them. <laughs> I lost everything. Shit. When did I lose everything, huh? I remember. Because yeah, I haven't. And I do have Yeah, because you started Obsidian. backing stuff up. No, Obsidian does it for me. Like, Obsidian just sinks everything everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not me making a backup. It's just me using a tool that has backup built into it. Notion Which is so good. Have... Yeah, exactly. Notion doesn't have a backup built into it. Oh, like, no. my computer crashed yesterday because I was doing lots and lots and lots of stuff at the same time <laughs> uh my computer was like no uh Mr. So I, just, technical, I never have technical issues i made my computer crash i said yesterday. rarely i said rarely uh, this is the first time it's crashed in like the two years i've had it so um but yeah i did a restart and because everything saved i was like oh cool just put it back up yeah. whereas some, sometimes when you have to like close down the browser on notion or something <laughs> it didn't save the, the last couple of blocks you did or sometimes i've had it honestly it hasn't done, like, honestly i judge everyone like, who uses notion in their browser just 
No. Yeah. That, that was no. three years of like great working and then just a couple of months of just extreme pain until I moved to Obsidian. <laughs> but that's because yeah. my use case diff- like changed. I went yeah, from- and, and yeah, it changed vastly. Yeah, I went from just, hey, I just want to manage some some tasks, some projects and some notes here and there to I'm going to actually do this research into an academic thing. I want to understand what's going on. I don't want to just be, hey, this person did a tweet. I'm going to retweet it and just give my opinion on it. I want to know, okay, where did they get that idea from? Is it backed by any science? Is there behavioral science behind it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and really find a an evidence base for what's said, or in most cases, to be honest, online, a lack of evidence-based. So trying to map it to something that is evidence-based and then molding it and shaping it to something that is science and not just pseudoscience, uh, which is essentially what tools for thought are for, which is a very nice segue, actually. I just looked over, it's like, oh yeah, tools for thought. Um, and tools for thought is a, a movement, I guess you could say, inside of the PKM space. <laughs> kind of like a, a subculture, as you were. Uh, and there are so many tools for thought. Rome sort of kicked it off um, and now they can go die in a hole. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't stand Rome as a tool. The people that use it, great, fine, not fussed. But everyone that I've spoken to that uses Rome or used Rome are like, oh yeah, I thought about going to Obsidian or I might go to Obsidian. And I spoke with someone uh, in a meetup on Wednesday and they use Rome. And I said to them, why don't you move to Obsidian? And they said, the only reason is I have all my notes in Rome. That's literally the only reason. And that doesn't surprise me because obviously moving systems, moving notes takes time. And people that have been in Rome for a year or so, it takes time to move over. But I'm like, what? Um, but anyway. Hang on, it takes time to move over? Well, yeah, if you've got They're like... Not just four... drag the folder. No, because Rome Markdown... Uh. Rome Markdown is different to Obsidian Markdown. I mean, you could, you could move the things over, but when you read the notes... It's just going to look like vomit. I mean, it does anyway. It's Rome, but <laughs> now that was a joke. That was a joke. You can CSS in Rome. I know you can do that. <laughs> oh, we're going to get cancelled. A PKM podcast getting cancelled. Who's who cares enough about PKM? Yeah, good point. <laughs> and now on Twitter, when we post this, there's going to be like a hundred people that are going to be hundred Rome. The Rome cult are going to be after us. The Logseat users are going to be after us. The, the, the Notion users are going to be like pitchforks, really light pitchforks that you can't see because the colours aren't contrasting. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, no BS in this podcast. Laughing <laughs> 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 fit insert. As, as I said previously, we are too agnostic. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love Notion. <laughs> Just not to use it. Um, no, it is a good tool, sort of. Programmable notes. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the last point on our, on our list, but programmable notes goes well with tools for thought because a lot of tools for thought are code friendly. They're not general population or gen pop friendly. We're going to use gen pop in future podcast because I will not remember to say general population every time uh, the gen pop don't necessarily know how to code they know what they don't know what css is or html is or javascript or anything like that and when they see like obsidian without the live preview they saw all the hashes they're like what is this i don't know what yeah. that is um so tools for thought traditionally are 
code friendly, developer friendly, engineer friendly. I had to learn that so I could understand what's going on because I'm one of those people that want to get in right at the start. And then you look at it, you're like, what are all these red words? Why are they red? Why are they blue? And it's because of the coding language. Like, oh, I don't know what that is. Like at the moment I'm working with Pandoc and I need to use a command line. So I had to learn what the command line was. And then I had to learn what GitHub was because there are things stored in GitHub that I needed to use. General population don't want to do that. They don't care about that. And I think tools for thought, if they're going to be pushed semi-mainstream, need to be as user-friendly or end-user friendly as possible, which is where the idea of programmable notes, I've borrowed slash stolen that term from Maggie Appleton, um, which is where programmable notes can come in. So they're end-user friendly. John, thoughts before I carry on? Yeah, and I think this is where business owners stop mm. the moment that there is code coming in the moment they have to put that in it becomes really hard for us as business owners to just do it because it's another thing they've got to learn it's another thing they've got to be able to do and just <clears throat> what is needed is simplicity and ease and often as i was saying earlier it's easy to get carried away with the really deep and nerdy stuff versus what is actually needed for the individual and programmable notes is very powerful and fun but i would say it's not necessarily required to use what maggie used, uh, maggie spoke about in i think it was a twitter space it was in uh, i can't quite remember Wait, let me just look in obsidian uh maggie appleton yes it was a twitter space um she spoke extended about it with extended cognition working perfectly there ladies and gentlemen and it was with bianca as well uh, they were they were talking about programmable notes on twitter and she was saying that programmable notes are notes where you can add script i.e coding script or templates or things that allow the user to customize them to their own use which is essentially a plugin or an add-on which Obsidian, Logseek, Rome, Tools for Thought do really, really well. But uh, like you were saying, the business users don't know scripts, don't know plugins. And when you speak to most people about Obsidian plugins that don't understand how they work, they're like, what? Like, what, what is a plugin? Like, they, they can grasp an add-on, but they don't really know what it's doing. Um, which is where I think in Obsidian, they've moved it to be almost seamless it's very difficult to get confused with how plugins work but some plugins where you have to set up the settings you like you need to for example pandoc i have to put in a line in the advanced section like dash dash bibliography colons and then the path name that sort of setup for business users is going to go over their heads they need a drop down menu <laughs> like give me a couple of buttons and a drop down menu i'll be good yeah because it's just ease and reducing cognitive load because these apps are quite heavy on the learning curve when you first get started especially if you try to do what everyone tells you to do if you follow the meta you're screwed which business owners will do that they will just follow a youtube video copy that and then wonder why it doesn't work and blame the app and that's where communities like this help yeah. are helpful like obsidian discord logseek discord whatever discord i have a discord as well but yeah it's it's main 
My Discord is geared towards the, the internet academics, the ones that want to do the research. So business users may go in there, see some code script that goes into Zotero and be like, nope. <laughs> uh, so yeah, finding, finding the right community to help you, certainly useful. I mean, to be fair, we, we could probably rebrand the Notion Nerds podcast into the PKM podcast. We can have a bit more of the balance as well. Yeah, Possibly. yeah, that sounds good because we do have a Discord that's dead. Um, yeah. Well, it's not dead because the bot does the work. <laughs> Uh, but yeah so to, to close this out if anyone does have any guests any ideas any people they'd like us to speak to or if they would like to come on themselves or do let us know just reach out to us literally anywhere twitter discord youtube um through anchor i think there's uh, comments in anchor yes, if, yeah. yeah reach out to us let us know uh yeah john any final words yeah we're very excited for this new version of the podcast it's definitely more what we're actually talking about now so better branding bb we're peeing on the pp with bb <laughs> leave it there <laughs> bye everyone <laughs>